the summer some, it's the winter's turn. Kobe Hope is the coldest, I just get better with time. I'm like Opus, one, young, no to it like, like a snowflake. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. It's another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast time. Usually, I don't ever discuss the NBA because a lot of people know my viewpoint that it's a soft-ass bitch league um, where literally you could breathe and it's still a foul call. Uh, but that shouldn't take away from the fact that this has probably been one of the most explosive NBA trade deadlines that anybody has ever been a part of or has ever seen, no matter what generation you've lived through. Uh, the fact that Brooklyn <laughs> pretty much has, in my opinion, deconstructed itself, even though it got younger, um, you still lost the talent that was there. And the fact that they tried to recreate what they did years ago, you know, with the big three, with Garnett and Pierce and um, Rajon Rondo, the fact that they tried doing it for Kyrie, with Kyrie, KD, and then Harden at one point, it, this will probably be the biggest 30 for 30 ESPN ever does because, again, both eras of Brooklyn Nets basketball that had championship potential teams could never get to that pivotal point of you know, getting to the to the big one. They always got to the door, but they would never let in because they didn't know how to kick the fucker in. So Kyrie, obviously, I, we discussed it. I discussed it on Tuesday, whatever day I did it. Probably Monday, who knows? It's been a long week. But, um, you know, Ky, Kyrie wanted out. The Nets wouldn't play him, you know, until he got traded. And in the Nets situation... His preferred destination from what everybody says, he wanted to go to the Lakers. Well, the owner, Joe Tasai, whatever his name is, he said, I'm not doing that. And even though the Lakers had the better deal, he said, I'm not trading you to where you want to go. He goes, you know, you gave me all this agita. You created all this headache around this team. And you want me to then do you a favor? He said, I'm about Fangul. I'm not doing that. He goes, you're going to go to Dallas. And going to Dallas isn't as bad. But, you know, immediately as soon as he's traded to Dallas, this is at all these sports betting sites and everything. Now it's like positive 2,500 or whatever it was. or Whatever the odds are now that Dallas can win the NBA championship now because they have Kyrie. But the question in the Kyrie deal still remains... Is, is Dallas going to give him that extension? And can Luka and Kyrie exist, coexist together? That That's something that's not really being discussed from what I've seen. Now, you get into, what was it, Wednesday night? Late Wednesday night, the Nets pull off a deal that, honestly, I didn't think that Durant would have got shipped off. I don't know if he asked for the deal or if Brooklyn just said, you know what, screw this, Kyrie's already out, let's just get rid of KD too. And they ship him off to, to Phoenix, and they get a boatload in return back. Which is obviously what you're going to get for, for you know, a, a Hall of Fame player in Kevin Durant. Okay, but the question now is this, when's Kevin Durant going to play? Because we know he's still hurt. 
and which led to a lot of debating between a lot of sports podcasts yesterday, like Level the Playing Field and Two Dudes with Sports News were going at it with a couple other guys. And a lot of it centers actually, it centered more around Chris Paul than it did anything. Um, from what I was reading in between, all I know is I'm sitting at work, my phone keeps going off, and I'm like, what the hell now, blah, 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 whatever. So I'm reading it, and I'm like, you know, so I got asked, you know, me and a couple other sports podcasts got asked, does this make the Suns a championship team now? The Suns were always a perennial championship team once they got CP3. Derry had Aiton, and they had Booker, and the supporting cast around it. The, the issue was is that they didn't have that piece that can help Chris Paul with Booker. Now you have that as, as far as offensively and scoring on the outside because Aiton's great in the middle. All right. Durant puts them over the top. So for those that want to know my opinion, the Suns are the team now to beat in the West. Only if... Durant can stay healthy when he comes back. That's the key to all this. Because if he doesn't stay healthy, it's gonna be it's gonna be the same end result. Now, obviously, people are like, well, you know, CP3 isn't the same offensive guy. Well, CP3 doesn't want to be the, the, the offensive guy. He doesn't mind being the facilitator. So that's where maybe this new big three thing maybe will kind of work, at least for Half a season. Because, again, when we look at how all these teams are formed, like, you know, LeBron going here, LeBron getting this guy to come here, and, you know, KD and Kyrie wanting to team up in Brooklyn, and let's go get Harden, and and we've seen how it doesn't really work. You know, and my comments about the super team thing sparked a couple of opinions from people, and and, and, and that's all well and good. I think making super teams, honestly, it, it hurts the league. I don't think it benefits it. But, you know, again, that's just in my opinion. But the question now is, where does Brooklyn go from here? Obviously, Brooklyn, they get Spencer Dinwiddie back. They get uh, Mikhail Bridges. They get Cam Johnson out of Phoenix. They get these draft picks. And the way Brooklyn's going to build this team back up is they're going to use these key guys. And they're going to go through the draft. That's, in, in essence, what they're going to do. And Brooklyn, you know, I think Brooklyn can stay relevant, really, with a, with a younger team and with Jacques Vaughn as its coach. It is really what I think. You know, you look at, you know, you 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 look at the Knicks. You know, the Knicks went, you know, they, tra- they traded Cam Reddish. And I don't know what the issue is with, with Cam Reddish and how, like, you know, I, nobody wants to keep the kid around. I don't. Maybe it has something to do with him. I I really don't know. Um, but you know that you know the Knicks made a move or two. You know to to potentially improve and maybe get out of the playing tournament spot and maybe get into an actual playoff spot. Who you know? Who really knows? But again, when you talk about the fact that now you got Kyrie in Dallas. You got KD and Phoenix. <laughs> when the playoffs start, that's going to be the matchup to watch for. That's going to be the matchup. And everybody's already saying that it's going to be Phoenix and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. And 
even though Milwaukee went and got Jay Crowder from, from Phoenix, it really doesn't matter because I think the year the Bucks won it, I think it was just out of luck, to be, to be completely honest. Now, don't get me wrong. Giannis is one of the most talented guys to play the game. And the fact that Giannis was able to win it with a supporting cast that isn't as good as he is, is something that you, you can actually admire. And he didn't do it with a super team. He was the team. It's not like he had, it's not like he had, um, you know, a Dwayne Wade type guy with him and a Chris Bosh guy, you know, like, you know, you, you know, kind of like with LeBron. And a lot of people have asked me my opinion about LeBron breaking Kareem's record. And listen, it's an incredible feat. Do not get me wrong. My issues with LeBron are not his talents on the court. It's the things that surround it. Like, and part of it is on the court. Like, how he whines and complains about every foul call that some of them really aren't fouls. That he just feels because he's the, he's, the, he's the face of the NBA that he should get every call. And, you know, it's the Tom Brady effect. You know, where, you know, the, this guy's at the top of the mountain and he feels that he should have everything called his way. And if he doesn't, he's going to sit there, pout, bitch, and moan about it. But you can't take away his accomplishments. That you can't. But bottom line is this. If you look back, and I can't take credit for this because uh, Average Joe Sports figured this one out. So, so I'll give him the credit for this. Had Jordan not retired, he would have already broken it. Jordan would have had 49,000. And if you put Jordan in this era, Jordan would have obliterated it. Jordan probably would have obliterated it by another 30,000 points, to be honest with you. But that's the thing, you know, that people forget when you discuss LeBron and Jordan. Is that one plays in this soft, bitch-assness era. And the other one played in, in one of the roughest, toughest eras ever. And still did what he was able to do. And then people sit there and they say... Well, you know, you bash LeBron for forming super teams, but look at Jordan. And so, okay, look at Jordan. Here, here's some facts that we already know. Jordan never left Chicago other than to retire and pursue baseball. But when he came back, he went back to Chicago. It's not like he said, oh, uh, you know, I could win a championship anywhere. Put me with, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumas in, in Detroit. He didn't say that. He came back to Chicago and guess what? We all know what happens next. There's a lot more to Jordan's legacy that surpasses LeBron's. And the reason why everybody's saying that LeBron is the greatest of all time is because LeBron has all these stats that, yeah, he's higher than Jordan all-time scoring. And he, But the key factor is, is that he doesn't have that... That Jordan-esque feel. And what I mean by that is, he doesn't have that. And don't get me wrong. Even though Jordan has six championships, it took a while for Jordan to even get there. Okay. And it took LeBron a while to get there too. So they were on similar paths. The difference is, is that LeBron had to hitch his star to someone else to get his titles. The same way Durant had to do it. The same way Durant did it, okay? Jordan 
never hitched his star to anyone else. He was the star. Everybody gravitated to him. If you're this great athlete, why did you have to leave Cleveland? People could have flocked to you, but they didn't do that. You had to go and seek out Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And then we saw what happened after that. Because people don't realize every time LeBron has come and gone, he's left teams in a perennial cap hell. Jordan never did that. Jordan never left the Bulls and left them with pieces they never wanted. Jordan's the reason why the Bulls got the pieces they needed. So, that's another factor into why Jordan will always be better than LeBron. And it's not because I grew up watching Jordan and then I have to watch LeBron play. And it has nothing to do with that. And the fact that people sit there and they say that LeBron is behind Jordan is also false. It's also false because Kobe is behind Michael Jordan. And it's not just because Kobe passed away. It's because Kobe had those Jordan features. He had that loyalty factor. He had that when the game mattered most. He said, give me the ball, where LeBron was afraid of the big shot in the big moment most of the time in his career. And those are just the differences. They're just the the flat-out difference between them. You know, again, anybody thinking that I can't stand LeBron, it's it's just I can't stand the debate when people are sitting here and they're saying, Well, you know, LeBron gets fouled. Yeah, but they're the softest fouls I've ever seen. They're softer than baby shit. Jordan was getting fucking rear naked choked by Bill Lambeer and no no whistle was ever called. You go back and you watch late 80s, early 90s basketball before all of a sudden the NBA became the, became the, the male version of the WNBA and it's not a slight on women, but it's... It's just the fact that it's gotten soft, okay? And, like, and like every little thing's a foul, and these players have their periods more than women do, okay? You go back to the Jordan era. Did anybody ever hear this word? Load management. You fucking didn't. What do you hear in the LeBron era? Load management. But, again, it's not just LeBron. It's Kawhi Leonard. It's this one. It's that one. It's it, it's all of them. It's like, oh, I can't play back-to-back games, so I have to sit out this one. And it's always that marquee matchup that you want to see. Like, wasn't LeBron just in Brooklyn before all these trades happened? And he sat out? And that's a marquee matchup. And I thought in the NBA you couldn't sit out marquee matchups. But what do I know? What do I know? But getting back to the whole the, the whole trade thing, Phoenix, again, if everybody who asked, Phoenix is now, once KD is back on that court and is fully healthy, Phoenix is going to win it all. But again, don't just take that statement out of it and say, oh, you know, well, Jim says Phoenix is going to win. Doesn't matter. Nope. It does matter because if this happens, if Durant, Booker, Ayton, CP3, 
any one of those three or two in said combination get hurt and cannot finish out the year, Phoenix is one and done. KD is the piece that brings Chris Paul the championship that he's been chasing forever. Okay? That's the piece. That's the piece they've been missing. And when it became available, Phoenix jumped on it with the best package they could that Brooklyn literally premature ejaculated in their draws and said, oh oh my God, we can't give it to me. That's what happened. Okay. All these other teams could be mad that Phoenix got them. But honestly, you're Durant and you're coming to the end of your career. Even though you still, even though you even though he's hurt at times, he's still, in my opinion, in the prime of his career. But here's what everybody's gonna say. Phoenix wins the championship. And again, it's gonna be KD had to go somewhere else to win it, and he couldn't do it on his own. And to that statement, I agree, because that's what it was supposed to be in Brooklyn. Him and Kyrie were supposed to take this team and win titles with it. But they didn't go out there and do this whole entire spectacle like LeBron did with, with you know, in Miami where we're not going to win just one. We're not going to win just two. We're not going to win just three. We're not going to win just four. We're not going to win just five. As a matter of fact, last I, last I remember... He still owes Miami some championships. Yeah, I remember that receipt, motherfucker. So, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, yeah, Durant has had to go and hitch his, his, hitch his star to somebody else. He has. But you know what? That's the new NBA. And that's something that we just have to grow to accept, that these guys can't do it on their own. Now, people sit there and say, you know, Jordan didn't do it on his own. Listen, The NBA is a team sport. It's five guys on a court together at the same time. And everybody has a role and everybody has a purpose. But you always have that one guy who's the main guy. Jordan was the main guy. But Jordan was the guy who got it done. Jordan didn't recruit anybody to him. They flocked to him. That's what people are missing in this whole forming of the super team thing. LeBron had to like create this whole sales pitch to, you know, you, you know, to Dwayne Wade and to Chris Bosh. Then he had to friggin' beg to go back to Cleveland and he had to hitch his star to Kyrie when they won in, what was it? 16, 15, 16, whatever year it was that they won it. So LeBron's another one who the, the supposed goat, had to win it with other people. Even though he went back to Cleveland and helped Cleveland win, again, who was the guy that took the big shot in the big moment? Even though he's created all the drama himself in his career in Brooklyn and all the headaches he created, the one thing you can't take away from Kyrie Irving is this, is that he had an inner Jordan an inner Kobe, and when it mattered most, he took the shot that gave LeBron his Cleveland championship ring. It's not LeBron that won it for Cleveland. It was Kyrie. So for all you Cleveland Cavaliers fans that are just as delusional as Cleveland Browns fans, and it must be a Cleveland thing, you know, because Cleveland's always going to Cleveland. It really doesn't matter what team it is. It could be the Guardians. It could be the friggin' Browns. It could be the Indians. It could be the fucking whatever the fucks. I don't give a shit. 
you're all delusional and and you all think in this bubble of just asinine bullshit to sit there and think that LeBron won you this title because he didn't. You're the same ones who thought Baker Mayfield was going to win back-to-back-to-back Super Bowls. And look at him now. You're the ones who think that Miles Garrett is better than T.J. Watt when the stats prove different. But not to get off the rails and start talking about everything else that's shitty with Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> but, but again, this is the new NBA. And guys like KD, LeBron, Kyrie, and, and others, even Kawhi Leonard, had to hitch their wagons and their stars to other people to get the ultimate prize. Where guys like Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, David Robinson never had to do that. And even guys that should have won championships like Barkley and Phoenix and, and you know, with, you know, with, with Dan Marley and, and Kevin Johnson. And when you had, you know, Utah with Stockton and Malone. You know what the one thing that kept all them out of it? And even, even in East in Eastern Championship Finals where the Knicks were clearly the more dominant team at times, you know what kept them out? Was a ferocious, hungrier every year Michael Jordan. This NBA, everybody's getting past LeBron. Because you look at Jordan and you look at LeBron... And if you were to have a split-screen TV and watch when Jordan gets fouled, he's not sitting there huffing and puffing to the official while his team's going back and playing defense. LeBron does that. Look at look at the you got to look at the intangibles and you got to look at the small things if you're going to debate this thoroughly. And I thought this was something that eventually the debate was going to end, but I also knew that anytime you bring up Jordan Somebody's going to bring up LeBron, and every time you bring up LeBron, somebody's going to bring up Jordan, and the fact that you can compare, if you're going to compare two from different eras, then you can compare the two eras entirely and debate that, and which era was better, and honestly, it's the Jordan era that's better basketball. All these guys do is they dribble four or five times, shoot a three from the half court line. Yeah, that's really fucking, yeah, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see for four quarters of basketball. Let's just chuck up threes from everywhere. I could do that in fucking NBA Live 96 on Super Nintendo if I want to do that. Yeah, that's right. I brought it back to the Super Nintendo days. Maron. But Phoenix clearly wins, <laughs> to go back to the, to, to the basis of all this, Phoenix clearly won that trade, even though they gave up a ton. They gave up a ton to do it. But if you were to grade this trade, Phoenix gets at least an A for, for what you're getting. To get Durant and to get TJ Warren, you, you get an A for that. You know, the Nets get an A plus because they took all the young talent that they had. Cam Johnson was up and coming for Phoenix. And now let's see what he can do in Brooklyn where he may have to be one of the one of the featured guys. You know. You look at the Kyrie-Dallas trade. Brooklyn gets an A because of the haul they bring in. Dallas gets a, gets at least a D because you bring, you're bring you bringing in a guy who's, yeah, he's trying to fix his reputation 
And you know, listen, walking home with the walking home with the fans, and so I guess there's a hotel nearby the arena. So he's walking with the fans. He's signing autographs, signing tits, and signing babies' heads or whatever he's doing. That's all well and good. Let's see how willing Kyrie is to stay in Dallas, whether there's a title one or not, because Dallas is now in the position that Phoenix was in a year ago. The, the, the issue is with Dallas, in my opinion, is that Dallas still needs another piece or two to get them over the top. You have Luka, which is which honestly people didn't think he was going to be this great. And the, the fact that the, the things Luka is doing, and I'll give Luka a lot of credit for this that not a lot of people discuss. This kid plays hurt. I've seen this kid play with high ankle sprains and just like, yeah, tape me up, give me a cortisone shot and send me back out there. They, 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 you know, I must be some like, uh, where is he from, fucking Slovenia or whatever. They, 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 you know, it must be their mentality. You know, listen, sprained ankle, put me back out there. Shoot me up, doc. It puts me back out. Tape, shoot, back up. I'm out there shooting. Okay? <laughs> you know, but Dallas still needs another piece or two that puts them right there with Phoenix. Because you have teams that have, that have taken a step back this year, Golden State being one of them in the West. But you have a team on the rise in Sacramento. And this is something that Phoenix and Dallas and the Clippers and the Lakers, even though the Lakers, nobody's discussing really, the, the, the Lakers made some moves too that actually helped them improve. But I still don't think that they're winning it. I, unless LeBron, like, turns on this switch we've never seen and just goes off the rest of the year and Anthony Davis stays healthy and all these trade pieces work out, that that's the only situation I could see where L.A. wins it all. But for now, the Lakers ain't going to win shit. All right, and a lot of people... A lot of people have, have told me, you know, whether I'm at a bar watching the game or, you know, on social media where they're like, oh, you just don't like LeBron because, you know, you're a Jordan fan and you just can't see that somebody could be better than Jordan. It's not a matter of that. It's, it's again, I don't take away LeBron's talent. I don't take away the fact that the kid took a gamble instead of going to college. Okay. He didn't go to college. He went to the NBA. He was the number one draft pick. Okay? He took Cleveland by storm. He even took a Cleveland Cavalier team with one of the worst rosters to an NBA final. So I commend him for that. Okay? I'll give him credit for that. It's everything after the fact. NBA related. You know, doing the whole, you know, we didn't need the decision show. We didn't need that spectacle. We didn't need fucking Susan Lucci, all my children, soap opera drama bullshit. Okay, we didn't need that. Okay? And if if that's something you like, then that's fine. Hope you enjoyed it, because I sure as fuck didn't. Okay? It's everything after that is what's wrong. Okay? Now, the stuff he's done outside the NBA... He, I'll give him a huge kudos for that, building building the Akron school and, and everything he does outside the NBA, you can't take away from him. You cannot, if, if, if you could find a way to bash him for that, then I can't. You know, I don't take any of that away from him. 
I keep it purely basketball related. Okay? There's people that be like, well, you know, I don't like the fact that he built that Akron school. You know, why do you have to do that? You know, he's an athlete. He should be using his money for himself. Because you have these guys. And, and, and this is the misconception within the world of sports. And this is something that honestly has changed a lot. You've seen these guys that used to come out. They blow all their money. Didn't invest. Didn't go back to school. Nothing. Now what do you see in the world of sports? You see everybody. Now, you see guys like Sauce Gardner in the NFL. Comes out in his junior year. Gets drafted. What, number four by the Jets. Wins rookie of the year. Okay. He didn't have to go back to school. But you know what? The world of sports has evolved so much that some of you have missed it where these younger guys now decided I have to be smarter with my money. And one way of being smarter is, and even guys like Shaquille O'Neal who have been out of the league for for a long time, were like, listen, you know, eventually I'm going to go broke if I don't do something. So they learned how to invest. They learned how to become business people. Some learned, I got to go back to school and get a degree. So, you know, LeBron building a school is selfless, not selfish. Because it wasn't about him. It was about helping, it was about helping other people and helping kids and making school affordable for, for lower income families and, and, and whatever else it provides. So, you know, again, when people sit here and say, I bash LeBron, I bash LeBron, the NBA player. Again, this is what some of you forget. LeBron, like everybody else, is a human being. And, and, and I read the article where LeBron said, you know, I wish I could just go to a Starbucks and get a coffee and it not be a big spectacle. You know, I wish I could just do normal things the way other people can do them. And this is something where, okay, I, can, I can't say I know how it feels, but I could sit there and say I understand how he feels because I could walk into a Starbucks and I get my name put on a cup and it's just like, oh, caramel frappuccino for Jim. You know, LeBron walks in, caramel, caramel frappuccino for LeBron James, and everybody wants his autograph, and they're taking pictures, and, you know, a five-minute a five minute trip to Starbucks turns into three hours because he's sitting there signing everything and taking pictures, and God forbid he says, no, not right now. All of a sudden, the next thing you see on Twitter is LeBron to jerk off because he didn't want to take pictures with little fucking Johnny Boy Sue over here because, you know, he's a little bitch. But, you know... This is probably the most I've talked about the NBA in a while. It actually felt good because I have not really watched it all year. I did watch the I did watch the Laker Thunder game when he does break the record though. I really didn't like the fact, but I understand that they had to do this in the middle of the game. You know, I didn't like it, but I get the concept of it. You know, it's like, okay, let's acknowledge it here and now. And I know they did that with Steph when he broke Reggie Miller's three-point record. And I get it, you know, but at the same time, could they have figured out another way to do it? Like at the end of the game or at halftime? Halftime would have been a lot better if they had done it. But I think this happened after halftime. I don't know. I was I was at the bar and I was probably freaking, I was probably already two sheets to the wind at that point. Who knows? That, that was, whew, hell of a night that was. But 
anyway, but it, you know, they could have found another way to do it, in my opinion. But, well, I guess that was the best way at that time for them to do it. So that, that's how they did it. But, you know, I also seen in, in this debate with, with Level the Playing Field, two dudes with sports news and, and a couple other guys. Um, apparently, there's going to be wagers put out where losers got to appear on the winner's show. Um, stuff like that. Listen, <laughs> that's all well and good because, to, to be honest, even if you lose a simple bet like that, you come out winning because you're going on a show with some, going on somebody else's sports podcast, and you get to plug your show for nothing. So, not only do you get to hear guys debating different topics and, and speaking different viewpoints, but... <laughs> You know, there ain't nothing wrong with a little free press once in a while. I'm just saying. But maybe I'll jump in on that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But with the way my work schedule is and then my schedule after work, I know a lot of you guys record at night. Um, I do mine at the quietest part of the day. And you get to wake up to my hilariousness and all my viewpoints. But with that being said, I do got to take care of some stuff here at work as I am off for the next three days because... For, for all these other sports podcasts out there, I'm sure you could agree. The Super Bowl should be on a Saturday. The fact that Sunday we have to rush enjoying the Super Bowl to go to sleep, to wake up early, to go to our jobs is insane. But I figured out a way to beat it. I'm just not going to work Monday. I'm going to sit there, I'm going to enjoy the Super Bowl, not knowing I have to rush home, shower, brush my teeth, go to bed, wake up, come here. I don't have to worry about that. But the NBA, but if you notice, like in professional wrestling, they moved a lot of pay-per-views to a Saturday now. So why can't the NFL do it? It's good. The the NFL, (coughs) the NFL would make just as much, if not more, if they moved it to a Saturday. To be honest with you, it would. I mean, who's going to a club in February if there's still even clubs around? You know, that's one. But, you know, I think we should start a petition. I think we should start a petition. The NFL should move the Super Bowl to a Saturday and have that fucking 70s vagina hair-filled pussy... Roger Goodell force him to do it. But with that being said, I got to run because I got stuff to do here at work. Um, so as always, you know, I like to thank everybody who follows, retweets, and listens. Obviously, my guys, Brent and Dave. As always, my number one supporters. Um, definitely two dudes with sports news, sports podcast. Uh, Aaron and company over at Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Let's go Eagles this Sunday. Um, that's my pick. Because I got to ask that too. So I'm going with the Eagles. It's me. It's not because I'm a Steeler fan and, and both teams are from Pennsylvania. It's just the fact I like Jalen Hurts and I'd rather see him win it than what the NFL is trying to make Mahomes the new Tom Brady. So fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go. And of course, the Eagles will win it now because somebody had to put a Chiefs tank top on Rocky Balboa. You don't fuck with the Rocky Balboa statue. I'm in New York, and even I know not to do that. Okay? Um, you know, 
But going back to everybody who follows and retweets, definitely. And thank you to Level the Playing Field for always listening. And, uh, you know, Average Joe Sports Podcast as well. Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris. Definitely check them out. Speaking of pro wrestling, if you're into pro wrestling, two great podcasts you definitely should be checking out is John Wrestling Fans Insight and Bray Wyatt 24 on Twitter. Uh, they have two excellent wrestling podcasts you guys should be checking out. To everybody else, whether you do sports podcasts, true crime, hell, adult entertainment podcasts, I've seen those out there. Um, to all use that, that listen, follow, retweet as always, thank you. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. For me, I definitely will because I ain't got to work Monday. So with that being said, stay safe and as always, peace.